0: Be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Bernard Baruch, an American financier and statesman. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a very special edition of Tuna Boot where I, Jim Rennie, a fictional interviewer, conducts an interview with the very real Jim Rennie from Tuna Boot. Now, Jim Rennie is a former amateur playwright and former cleaner, now a current amateur podcaster and fried food enthusiast. We have him here to ask him some very soft-hitting questions which would hopefully illuminate this elusive, bizarre, wild character and give you, the Tuna Boot audience, an opportunity to understand the myth the legend and the man so Jim Rennie, it's a pleasure to have you here how are you? Um, great, thank you very much Um, yep I think you summed me up entirely there I don't know really what much more there is to know but hopefully through these questions Jim we will find out before we proceed, do you think there's going to be an issue with the fact that my voice and your voice are identical? No, that won't be an issue because you'll ask the questions and then then I'll answer them. But, but I might have some some critiques or some ideas. Well, it's fine. It's fine. You know, let's not point out how weird this is right off the bat. Let's just let's just do it. Okay, so these questions have been prepared beforehand by me, the interviewer, and we're hoping that you, as the writer of the questions, have forgotten what some of the questions are so that your answers are immediate. Yes? Yes. Great. Question one What is your earliest memory of childhood? Great question, thank you very much. Earliest memory of childhood. Is me being on a plane when I must have been about what, three years old or something, two or three years old, and we're on a plane to Florida, the only time I've ever been in America. And yeah, I remember being in the middle of the aisle and looking down at my wee feet. That that is my earliest memory. Well, that's a that's a fantastic early memory. Thank you very much for sharing. Although in all likely, likelihood, sorry to interrupt you Jim in all likelihood it was probably just me looking down at my feet I mean I wouldn't know what a plane was at that age necessarily so I probably wasn't thinking shit I'm on a plane but for some reason it's very specifically in in the middle of all the rows of seats could be on a bus not on a, not on a bus to America, it could be on a bus in America but yeah my earliest memory of my childhood is basically my feet it, it what probably was a much lower altitude than I choose to remember it well thank you very much for being so honest second question do vampires scare you well no they, they do not exist they are fictional do non-fictional things scare you <laughs> well yes some of them ok great all right next question what's the most inspirational thing you've ever done christ most inspiration i don't don't think of myself as being particularly inspirational as an individual and you know, the funny thing about this is i i knew you were going to ask me that and i'm i'm still stumped What's the most inspirational thing I've ever done? I think probably just being myself. have inspired people to hate me. Maybe that's about as close as I've ever got to inspiring anyone to do anything. I mean, I hate myself sometimes. Um, is that the kind of answer you're looking for? Listen, I'm just I'm just here to ask the questions and listen to the truth. I mean, who? Why do you care what people think? But you know. I don't, you know, to a certain extent I'm a maverick, but but in reality I'm not, and I do care what people think. But yeah, I still make horrific decisions. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Alright, well we'll move on then. Question four. If you had a treasure chest that you didn't want anyone to find, where would you hide it? Alright, so my initial thought is burying it Burying it somewhere that only I would know. But to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know any good burying sites. Off the top of my head. I mean I'm thinking like maybe a big. Do it under cover of darkness. Do it in a big popular park. Like somewhere like um, the Meadows in Edinburgh or something. But like do it just like directly in the middle. Just go there very late at night. Sort of cut this the shape, the size of the box actually you don't want the hole to be too much bigger than the box because you want that bit that you see in films when they're digging for like a chest or a coffin and they boom, boom they hit the the shovel or the spade you know there's a difference between a shovel and a spade don't have time to go into it right now but um, you know that bit where they, they hit the thing you want to have that moment so you don't want to dig the hole too much wider than In fact, you want to just be snug, don't you? So I would cut out a shape in the grass, lift the grass up in a few layers of soil, keep that intact, so that they could just put it back over the hole, over the soil, and press it flat and no one would know. Uh, I suppose I would do that thing where I would go to the edge, the edge of the field, like facing towards where I buried it, and then do... One foot in front of the other, heel right next to the toe. Count how many, how many, and count how many paces it took. And yeah, I'd probably do it that way. But well, luckily I don't have any. Oh, I don't have a treasure chest. Next question. Well, next question is. Imagine you're invited to a high-class dinner party. On the way to the country estate, you are told that there is a cartoonishly farcical billionaire who is hosting the event and he expects you to bring him a present that will intrigue and delight him. What do you bring? Well, I've got to say, that's a fantastic question. (laughs) Right, so... Obviously, if he's a billionaire, and he's eccentric, he, he won't be needing... You know, like an amazing bottle of wine or... Um, you know, like gift tokens or anything. So what was the wording of the question? What kind of present is it? it is a present that will intrigue and delight him. Well, I'd probably... And this is on the way there. So I'd probably have to make something. I think that's what I would do. I think what I would do is I'd get a bunch of different random stuff... From like a, a bargain discount store, I'd go into there and I'd buy a whole bunch of disparate random things and just kind of assemble them together. So like, a, I do like some steel wool and a like an oven glove. Those are two kitchen things, and then maybe like maybe buy like a leaf blower and take the engine out and just glue a bunch of things to it, and then don't explain it just put it in like a wee cardboard box just hand it to the billionaire and not say anything because I think the key when trying to trick eccentric billionaires with intriguing presence is to do it with extreme confidence so you just hand them the box with the leaf blower engine with stuff attached to it and just say right I don't even say anything actually just you know, maybe a slight nod and fuck off to your table didn't expect to have a good answer for that but I feel really, really comfortable with that answer well, I must say it it has revealed a side of you that I don't even think you'd ever seen uh, to yourself can I just say you're doing an amazing job doing this interview and it? it's in no way strange that this is happening in an empty room just for myself I'm i am really enjoying this and I'm, I'm glad to be here, thank you very much I mean, this isn't a quite one of the questions I've got written down, but you're glad you're not charging anyone for this. Yeah, I, very much so. Okay. Question six. What would you name a mouthwash company if you had to? And you don't. But if you had to, what would you name a mouthwash company? <sighs> Stericlean? Okay. That's good. Yeah actually you know what I better just double check to make sure that isn't a real company because that's like such a bang on name for a for a company Steri- yeah SteriClean is a real company high performance sterile and non-sterile sterile alcohol sprays alright so not SteriClean Ster Ster Stermaster? Master no that's too close Oh, pla- plaque be gone. Plaque be gone. Plaque be gone for dogs. Surgical tooth extraction, City of Edinburgh. No, no. Okay. Uh, mouthwash. Clean. Cleanse. Mint. Fresh. Breathbusters. What well, came up at... Yeah, breath, Pedigree Breathbuster. For fuck's sake. God, obviously, I... I mean, you wrote this as a, just a silly question that you thought might elicit some kind of funny answer, but it's actually more difficult than I thought. Mouthwash Company. Come on. Come on. Don't start regretting your life choices right now. Come on. We're here. We're in this. Mouthwash Company. Swirly... Swirly... Swirly white this swirly whitening good times swirly whitening good times swirly whitening good times no smile time that's a good one that's a real one though yeah, swirly swirly times Swir- swirl mouth white good You know what? I just call it good mouth time. Good mouth time, and and that is my final answer. Okay. Question seven: Do you have any music guilty pleasures? Oh, yes, I do. Would you like to tell me about them? Yes, I would. I suppose Eminem. Not that there's anything wrong with Eminem's music, but I feel like you know hip hop, the hip and the hop. You know, and rap and all that kind of stuff there's a whole incredible genre of music that I've not really explored all that much but yeah I do like Eminem and Duggo from Chiribit hate Hates Eminem that's not why I feel guilty about it but shout out Duggo I don't think Duggo's ever had a shout out on the podcast has he? shout out Duggo uh, shout out Liam because I could just hear him now why did I get a shout out? you just did Uh I'm not gonna shout out myself, since I'm interviewing myself right now, I feel like that would be a little bit too far. What was my point? Uh, it's like that typical white kid thing of oh, I don't know much about that but I like Eminem and it's like, well, you know Eminem was influenced by many different artists and it's just like I don't know, it feels like I'm I've not really explored that genre, are those genres enough so I kinda feel guilty about that. But, um, I mean, not guilty enough to, to lose any sleep over it. Good. Right. Question eight. Would you intervene if you saw an elderly heterosexual couple fist fighting in a restaurant? <laughs> wow. Um, yes. Yes, I think I would. I would separate them. I wouldn't feel too worried about my own health I think I could just I think I could get in there spread them spread those elderly people apart just say whoa whoa why are you fighting guys maybe get to the bottom of their issue I I, I did start once stop a fight between a friend of mine's dad (laughs) and these two I don't know if they were stoned or um, fried or something at this gig but they were sitting ahead of us and they kept talking throughout the gig. And my mate told him to shut up, and then they were like turning around and saying, Hey, why are you telling us to shut up and all like that? And then Mother Bates' dad, who I'd, who I'd met before, but I didn't really know much, like, I hadn't spent that much time with him, he just like launched himself <laughs> over the chairs and was like, I'm gonna, like, he didn't say, I'm gonna fuck you up. He was like, starting on these two guys, and then the two guys stood up, and I did go in the middle, pushed them both apart, like, had my hands on each of their chests, and just like, push them apart, and said, whoa, guys, we're here for the, it was a Pink Floyd tribute, it was the Aussie Floyd, Aussie Floyd, they were doing their 30th anniversary, tour, as Aussie Floyd, imagine that 30th anniversary, of a tribute band, Side. anyway, I held these two apart, I was like, whoa, guys, come on, we're here to watch the music, let's not fucking fall out, you know, they ended up, getting them, um, what do you call them what do you call the handshakes when you interlock the thumbs I did one of those with one of the guys put my hand on his back, it's like, yeah man, that's cool we're here for the Floyd, let's go, let's sit down calm my mates dad down, we sat down watched the rest of the gig they were annoying though, I think they were just fried they were talking the whole way through it and then this woman came up and uh, no there was this woman like two or three rows down from me who refused to stand up because my mate's dad again wanted to just get up and go to the toilet and she said no I'm not getting up for you We there's only a couple of songs left before the break I'm not getting up and then he sat down and then my mate was like listen why Like went over me he was like why are you stopping for going to the toilet and then the two fried guys from the bottom said what the fuck yous doing now I think it might have been after that that the fight started uh, anyway, so with my track record of um, being a cooler—if anyone's seen the film Roadhouse, they know what that means—you know, I've like being a cooler in these situations. Since I've got previous, yes, I would step in if there was an elderly couple couple fighting, fist fighting or not. I'd be right in there. Well, we we certainly got a lot more than we bargained for with that question, and we'll move on to the next one. Question nine: Have you ever sent a fax? No. Okay. Question 10. If you had if you had to tattoo a stranger with one image and at least five words, what would you do and why? All right, okay, so I feel like for this question I need a bit a few I need a bit more to go on. I need a few more parameters like why am I tattooing a stranger? Why do I, why does it have to be a picture and at least five words? Do I know who the person is? Well, they don't. They're a stranger. Are they randomly assigned? Does it go anywhere on the body? Do I say? Okay. Well, I think to help you out, it goes on the upper arm, upper arm sort of like here's where the shoulder is, and it's one, like one sort of circular image, and then almost the words go around it like a, like a crest. And bear in mind, this person's got to have it forever. What would you have? <sighs> God, I mean That's actually that's a lot harder question than it would be if you'd asked me. What would I get? Because you know, at least, God, what, tattooing a complete stranger is a phenomenal question, by the way. Really, giving the fans their money was their money's worth here. Oh, what would I get? I don't know, like what's the most what's the most ineffectual thing you could get but it didn't look too boring? Like you could get like a smiley face and I hope you have a Yeah, there you go, that's what I'd get. That's what I'd get. Smiley face. I hope you have a and then underneath it, like that's around the top, and then underneath it there's space for what the answer would be and then people could go up to them and fill it in with magic marker. I hope you have a... What am I doing with my life? Well, I can tell you what you're doing just now. You're taking a break so that we can discuss our sponsors for the week, which is Spencer Chips Sponsorships. Need sponsored? Go to Spencer Chips Sponsorships. They'll sponsor anything. Even a drive to get a guy's tattoo arm, arm tattooed with a incomplete phrase and a smiley face. If you want to sponsor an event, an event like that, go to Spencer Chips sponsorships. Thank you very much. Question eleven: How many questions are there? There's, there are twenty. Oh, going in. All right. Question eleven: Describe your ideal restaurant. Chairs, tables. Weight staff, kitchen, food, drinks. Alright, question 12. If you became a billionaire overnight, would it corrupt you or would you remain cool? I think I could stay cool, be a billionaire. No bother, sorry, that was me scratching my. Pubic um, region. Yes, I, th- I think I would. I would stay pretty cool. You know, I would, I would have staff. I would have a big house, not too big, mind you, but just big enough to have like a room with full size snooker table, pool table, bar, but like a low maintenance bar. Uh, dartboards, all that. and Then have a kind of music studio. Have an editing suite. Uh, big kitchen with an island. You know, so it'd be a big bedroom all the bedrooms and all that. So it'd be a big place. And I'd of course I have staff cleaning it and things like that. But I would talk to them. You know what I mean? In the morning. I'd be like, Hey, you know, don't don't worry about doing all the washing today, you know what I mean? Like do some of it but like, you know. Got hundreds of clothes. Listen, I could just buy I could buy clothes where them once like that bloke I heard about, nay no bother at all. But I would ask you know, I'd ask I would treat them as if they were human. I think I would. Yeah, have a private chef. That'd be fun. No, it wouldn't corrupt me. No, I, I would remain this cool. I would still talk to myself in empty rooms. That's not up for debate. Okay. Question 13. What would you give yourself out of 10 for looks? Ooh. Okay, I would say I would range between a four and a six. I think I'm basically most days, nine out of ten days, I'm a five. I think I've definitely, or well, maybe less, maybe a 4.5, five. And I've went, I probably, I've probably went as bad as three point five. I've probably been in some states where it's like, whoa. Oof, excuse me. That's an ugly guy, but I think I may have occasionally. And I'm being really good to myself here, may have occasionally hit a six, you know, with a particular like a nice jumper <laughs> or a shirt or something. I may have may have just crept into six, or maybe five point five, maybe I'm being a bit generous with myself. But yeah, I'd give myself a five. A solid five for looks. What would you what would you give yourself? Well five? Between four and six? Five. Great. Okay, question 14. Do you have any advice for someone starting on their first day at their new job as a skywriter? As a skywriter. Well, I think the first tip is know what language you're writing in before you apply for the job. I can't remember. Imma- I, well, I imagine it's like a pilot's license and then you have to f- learn to fly a specific type of aircraft do all that and then and then the, the skywriting bit comes in afterwards or maybe it's like an optional part of getting your lessons. They maybe they say to all pilots do you want to learn how to do skywriting I don't know but I would say learn how to fly a plane first of all, I mean if this is their first day they know what they're doing um, yeah, if, they're, if it's their first day unattended it's their first assignment to write this particular thing I'm sure they've done all the necessary training so I don't know, just enjoy it I suppose would be my advice enjoy it, I mean how much how much would it cost for a skywriter how much does it cost to hire a sky not a slingshot skywriter Doo do, 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 do. Oh, hell. How much does it cost to do skywriting message? Skywriting starts at three thousand five hundred dollars for a single writing plus any ferry fees to move aircraft into your desired location. Multiple writings per day can be discounted depending on location. Alright, so Alright, so say fifteen hundred two grand, say if you're talking about it in the UK. Uh yeah, I would just enjoy a first day. Enjoy the first day. I mean if you can afford pilot lessons I'm sure you're probably quite well off. I can't imagine those are cheap if you think about how expensive car lessons are. Or were it's been a while since I've done them. Gone for ten years. Um, <laughs> um yeah, I think if you're you probably got and you've probably got some money. So yeah, just just go out and enjoy it and anyway, I think it is if you completely fuck it up you have to refund them what 1500 quid everyone has to spare 1500 quid to get them out of a skywriting fiasco if you don't i mean you're not living your life properly so yeah just enjoy it cool question 15 are you intellectually embarrassed and if so what do you plan to do about it well i think if anything this little interview here has shown that I have much cause to be intellectually embarrassed. I don't know much about the world. I don't know much about... I'm not going into a Paul Simon song here. But, I mean, I, I literally I don't know really anything about history. I don't know what's going on now. There was Someone was talking about uh, some kind of deal that France have made to use certain oceans for things because after Brexit and they were talking to me about it and I was like what the fuck are they talking about and I just I re- it was one of those moments where I realised fuck I really don't know anything about what's going on and there's those videos that you get on YouTube that's like well, Americans being asked simple questions and then you know not getting the answers and some of them are things like you know how many does a triangle have and then they don't get it right and you think right, like well yeah that is a stupid person who doesn't know that but then they get asked certain things like, "What is the currency of this country?" or "Where like geography questions fuck me up all the time." Like even in my say, even in my street, if you ask me to point out oh where's, you know this wee shop, I'd be like, oh, "Fuck it, I'll just I'll walk you there. I'll walk you there. Then you'll know what it is." You know what I mean? So extrapolate that into the whole world. I've got no idea, and yeah, I do feel very embarrassed with that and not knowing. Anything? Excuse me, about what the news is about. I, I don't know anything. So many novels I've not read. Yeah, I'm just basically a, just a, a hot sort of, warm mess, floating about, talking to myself, passing it off as a podcast. What's the next question? Question sixteen. Are you currently attempting to write a sitcom pilot? And don't lie to me. Yes. Yes, I am. I'll t- I'll t- well, you know I am. Because you're me, so what? I- yes, you know I am. And yes, I'm probably not going to finish it. Like, I've not finished most things I've been doing. I'm an embarrassment. question 17 do you fully or in any way understand the infinite hotel paradox Uh, yeah it's there's an infinite amount of hotel rooms and there's an infinite amount of guests but then one person turns up and so the night manager says "Right, everyone just move up one room so room number one becomes available but then a bus load of people turn up and so they have to use prime numbers everyone in the bus has to get assigned a number based on the seat they're sitting on in the bus like which row and which seat they're in and then they take those numbers and then add a times them no I don't I don't understand great question 18 what was the last film you watched okay I actually know the answer to this question it was called Dreamscape 1980s I think Dennis Quaid plays this guy who has psychic abilities 1984 was the film came out um, plays a guy who has psychic abilities and there's this research programme which allows people to with these powers to go into other people's dreams and sort out their deep psychological problems and all that it's a film with a lot of promise but it was just fucking boring really fucking boring and then really weird and then boring and then confusing and then it ended and and, and that was that ok Question 19. If you could have a conversation with any fictional character who would it be and what would you hope to find out? Alright, well, talking about it being intellectually stupid. What was it? Embarrassed. I suppose I would have Rust Cole from the first season of True Detective. Uh, the, the nihilist character. I would just have him Explain to me after the events of the series, which I won't spoil, you know, what is his worldview like now. And I would ask him if it was okay that I really don't know how anything in the world works. And I would hope that he would assure me and say, Listen, you're a good person, don't worry about it. And you're not stupid, you're just lazy. I'd be fine with that. And finally, What would you like your last words to be? Do you mean last words in life or last words on this podcast? Because I think if it was last words in this podcast, it would have to be sorry. Sorry for wasting everyone's time. I thought this was, I was actually really looking forward to this one. I thought this was going to be so much better than the last time when I was really ill and miserable and couldn't even think straight. I thought that was funnier than this one. This one's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm too harsh on myself. Maybe I'm not harsh enough. Either way, why don't you guys let us know? You can let us know by leaving us a message on Facebook at Tuna Boot, um, Instagram at tuna at real tuna underscore boot, and our email address is Mr Tuna Boot at gmail dot com. Let us know uh, how shit you thought this episode was. Uh, I don't think it's gone particularly well. But my last, I would like my last words to be the word just me shouting the word comb over um, I think that would be a good last word because it would keep from guessing wouldn't it there is a story attached behind it but I, I realise we're over half an hour I can't be bothered telling it so thank you Jim Rennie for interviewing me Jim Rennie not a problem, goodbye goodbye mate uh, thank you to you, <laughs> to you guys for watching uh, for listening sorry um, as I think we alluded to before our plan is to start season 5 or kind of uh, not be able to come to fruition because we're we're all busy and doing different things and being in, in different locations and things like that so I reckon there'll be a few well there's going to be at least two more uh, solos one from Liam one from Dougal and then hopefully we'll be able to do some Zoom uh, recordings if not Liam has some stuff from his side projects. I've got a couple of episodes from mine that I could put up. Not sure what's happening, but it will, it will be better than this. Than <laughs> this episode. And uh, album recommendation of the week is Let's Play 2. The live original motion picture soundtrack uh, by Pearl Jam. Um, This was a gig that was to, uh, took place across two days at Wrigley Field Stadium in what is it, Chicago? Right, Chicago Cubs isn't it Um, yeah, it's just a phenomenal live album and if you're like me and you've tried to get into Pearl Jam by listening to the live uh, to the studio albums and it, just that whole grunge sound just is a bit abrasive to you listen to their live stuff in particular listen to this live album because that's how I really got into to Pearl Jam, was listening to them live I think that's we're their best. Okay, um yep, yeah, sorry. Er, uh, love you guys, take care. See you next time. Call over!